It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. Just over a week ago, we received an email that caught my attention. Podcasts at happyfamilies.com.au is the email address, podcasts with an S at happyfamilies.com.au. Somebody uh, shot through an, an email and what they basically said was, start of the year, we've been trying to work out what to do about our kids and schooling. We're trying to work out same gender or co-ed. What should we do? What does the research say? And so I dived into the research, Kylie, had a good look at it. I had some pretty strong preconceived ideas based on my experiences in and around both co-ed and same gender schools. I, I mean, I've been working in and around schools now for about 15 years, and I was quite surprised by what the research had to say. I know that school selection is a huge consideration for parents across the country, across the world. Like we're constantly trying to work out. We've done podcasts on it, right? Webinars. What the best school is and where we should send our kids and the sleepless nights and, you know, the anxiety and all of that that's associated with making this decision and wondering whether or not we're doing the right thing. But as far as same-sex schools go, there are actually many around? No, not really. So I, I did some digging and what I found was that uh, there's around about, uh, let's say, nine and a half, ten thousand 10,000 schools in Australia, give or take, something in that 10,000 school ballpark, less than 4% of all schools. So that would be less than 400 schools in the country, uh, either all boy or all girl schools. And what we're finding is increasingly government schools are shutting down the single-sex schools and going co-ed. There's still a lot more private schools, uh, but the, the government schools are increasingly hard to find. In fact, you can only find them in New South Wales, South Australia and Victoria. I was going to say, I don't. we don't have one around us at all. No, no government schools, no. Plenty of, plenty of um, same-gender private schools. Uh, but, but something else that I found, this is really fascinating, I think. When I was doing the digging, uh, there is a premium that parents place on single sex schools. So much so that real estate in areas where there is a same gender school is pricier. And it's not just because they're in the the fancy inner city areas, which is more often than not the case. Not all of them are. But uh, what I found was when it comes to government schools, the suburbs where those single sex government schools are located uh, get about a 2% premium for a house, which if you're looking at an average home, is somewhere around the twenty to twenty-five thousand dollar boost in in those states. Obviously, some of those suburbs are worth a lot more, and some are worth a bit less. But on average, we're talking about a a significant premium uh, just to live in an area where there is a single-sex school, so that parents can get their kids in there. That's that's how prized it is in the eyes of enough of the population. I find that intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since uh, a close look at the evidence indicates that people might be paying for, well, there's arguments for and arguments against. Why don't we go through the arguments for um, the pros in theory, okay, in theory, why people might want a single-sex school for their kids. So academics make the following five central arguments for why same-sex schools are positive. First off, uh, there's an argument that academic performance is higher. It's commonly accepted that you get better academic outcomes in a single-sex school. So my impression, and it is just my impression, I've had no experience, but my impression is that same-sex schools, generally speaking, it's very competitive to get in. They are in very prestigious suburbs to start with. So it costs a lot. The average person doesn't just walk in the door. And as a result, 
the resources that are available to these kids, not only within the school setting, but within their own homes and neighbourhoods, would obviously give them a, a greater advantage than the average student at the public school down the road. This is a really important insight that you've raised. I'm so stoked that you came up with that. When socioeconomic status is controlled for in academic research and the appropriate variables are, are controlled for, the difference between single-sex and co-ed schools drops to practically zero. So in theory, they're better. But once you look at the real-world ramifications, how that plays out, you're absolutely right. Single-sex schools will outperform co-ed schools, but it actually usually has more to do with the postcode than it has to do with what's happening in the school. At least that's what it looks like from a statistical point of view. Second key thing that proponents will argue make single-sex schools better is that there's an argument that there's reduced gender stereotyping. Essentially, if there are a whole bunch of girls at a school or a whole bunch of boys at a school, the idea is that they're more likely to dabble in a broader range of subjects and activities without feeling like they have to live up to a certain gender expectation or follow a particular bias. Is that actually playing out though in what we're seeing as a result? Like a girl's coming out being computer geniuses and, you know, doing things that would stereotypically not be female driven careers as a result of the fact that they're not competing with males and vice versa? This one is a little bit complicated. And when I look carefully at the data, what I find is this. there's So again, looking at what the pros apparently are and then how they truly play out in the real world, there is definitely evidence that girls are much more inclined in, a, in an all-girls environment to spread their wings and enroll in subjects that are traditionally, and I, I, I I sort of chafe at the word traditionally, but I'll use it anyway, that are traditionally more likely to be uh, oriented towards boys. So I'm I'm guessing based on that, you're talking more about those academically robust subjects. Chemistry, and- physics, high-level maths, all that kind of stuff, yeah. engineering, all the, all the STEM subjects, basically, the science, technology, engineering, math subjects. Girls in single-sex schools are much more likely to go into those areas than they might be in a co-ed environment. Now, that's not to say girls in co-ed environments don't. It's just that the likelihood, the, the gender stereotyping is lower in a girls' school. But what I find fascinating, oh, and I should also mention, longitudinal data shows that girls from single-sex schools are not more likely to major in physical or life sciences than their co-educational peers once they get to uni. Okay, so that seems to water down once they get into university and can choose whatever they want. But here's the thing. Boys in all boys' schools aren't, in the main, signing up for traditionally female subjects. Yeah, so they're still sticking to very traditionally accepted male-dominant subjects. Which in some ways becomes a con, right, because of the hot housing of male stereotyping, but we'll get there in a sec. Third big reason that people will say uh, single-sex schools are better is just the idea of increased confidence. Some research uh, indicates that students in same-sex schools may develop higher levels of confidence because they're not competing with the opposite gender in terms of their academic activities, their extracurricular activities. I think in real life, this is more of an issue for girls than it is for boys. I was about to say, I actually feel like this would be a benefit to girls. I feel like um, being able to, you know, participate in different subjects and just be accepted for who you are and what you're capable of instead of being stereotyped within that co-ed situation would really increase a girl's ability and confidence to to move forward. Yeah. So, the, 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 the idea there, the theory 
is that it boosts confidence. I think that there's a gender difference at play, although I can't find evidence to support my my theorising. So mm. I just need to tread gently there. Uh, the two other things that are quickly worth mentioning in terms of pros, um, tailored teaching strategies. Now, this is a big one. And what I have found, I've watched this happen. Educators in single-sex schools are very much able to tailor their teaching methods to better suit the learning styles and the preferences of a particular gender, which means that we can help them with those academic outcomes, or at least if not academic outcomes based on what we were saying before, at least with better engagement. We need to take the postcode issue into consideration here as well. We just talked about that. But the other thing to bear in mind is that there is more within gender variation than there is between gender variation. That is, girls range from very high to very low on a whole lot of variables, as do boys. On average, girls or boys might be higher or lower on one than the other. But the difference between the genders isn't enormous. There's much more within gender variation than between gender variation. Nevertheless, I I do see it happen, especially when I'm in boys' schools. I watch the way the teachers engage with the boys, and I compare that to what's happening in girls' schools, and it really is absolutely different. Yeah. Fundamentally different, and I can't help but think that that has to be a a, A a, a real positive for for both the girls or the boys in those schools. The final uh, major pro, in theory, is that there's – Minimise distractions. Well, I guess that's probably the one that most people talk about all the time yeah. in their decision to send their kids to a... The girls don't have to worry about the boys and the boys don't have to worry about the girls. So they're the pros. I'm interested to know what the cons are because based on what you've shared, it would seem like sending your kids to a same-sex school actually sounds pretty good. It does, and I completely understand why parents would choose to do that. Let me go through four cons really quickly because there are some, I think, concerning drawbacks to same-sex education. Now, again, this is the theoretical stuff. We need to talk about on the ground, practical stuff shortly. But number one, there is the limited social interaction, okay? So uh, most critics of same-sex education are going to say that uh, being in a school with All the kids of the same gender are going to limit students' exposure to diverse perspectives and it's going to reduce opportunities for healthy social interaction between the genders. I find this interesting, though, because it's not like school is their only (laughs) social network. We're treating it like it is. It's the the only time that they'll get out. Well, for some it is, especially for the the boys or girls who are at boarding school, for example, or for the kids who are, are extremely studious or have a lot of pressure placed on them by parents who pretty much say go to school, then come home and study. We're talking about later years particularly, or whose lives are so full of extracurricular activities that they're not getting a lot of social interaction with the other gender. It's not a high probability uh, outcome, but it certainly does happen. But those things would be problematic whether you were at a co-ed school or not, because your level of social interaction is limited based on all of those things. The second uh, major theoretical con is real-world preparedness. What I mean by that is that there are people who will argue that same-sex education may not adequately prepare students for the real world where they're going to have to interact with people of all genders in various settings, to me, it's bunk. I, I mean, their teachers aren't all female. <laughs> yeah, or that's their right. Teachers aren't all male. Not not just that, but they've got family members, and they they do actually have life outside of school. So I find that one really quite a weak argument against mm. it. The other two, this one is a big one: stereotype reinforcement. There is a concern that single sex environments might um, inadvertently. Sometimes even explicitly and intentionally 
reinforce gender stereotypes by removing the opportunity for students to learn about and appreciate the differences between the genders. And I feel like this one would actually play out more so in boys' schools. Well, re- I feel like as 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 a whole, society's really worked hard at giving women opportunities and helping girls recognise that, you know, they don't have to fall into stereotypes, whereas I still think there's still a lot of work for us to do in helping our boys to grow into healthy, productive men. I hear people share those sentiments a lot. That is, that's one of the big concerns. And I want to give a couple of examples of that shortly. Narrower skill set development is the fourth and final idea. Essentially, exposure to diverse perspectives in a co-educational setting can contribute to the development of interpersonal skills that are crucial for ongoing success, which might be limited in a same-sex environment. I mean, to me, this is a variation of the second one that we shared, but it comes up a lot and people frame it and phrase it in different ways. Here's how it plays out in the real world. I've already talked about stereotypes. I've already talked about academic performance, but when we move away from theory and get into what's really happening when it comes to girls, we know this. Social and emotional well-being is lower for girls in co-ed schools than in single-sex schools. And we also know that girls in co-ed schools do experience high levels, higher, I should say, levels of uh, gender bias and stereotyping, and they're more likely to be sexually harassed and bullied. Mm. So students that are educated in an all-girls environment do tend to be more confident. They're more likely to take on risks and challenges and be competitive and push themselves. They're not worried about the judgments and the inappropriate comments from the sidelines. They're more willing to take risks, basically. And I really like that. Now, on boys, a friend, and, and granted, this is a sample size of one, so we're not talking about huge data here. We're just talking about somebody who told me that going to a boys' school made him shy around women, but worse he said that he felt that it fueled the sexist idea that women were inferior intellectually and in other ways. And and he suggested that that lack of female friends and girlfriends could lead to objectification. Now, when we look at that infamous 2022 St. Kevin's Turak example, egregious indicator where those boys were on that suburban tram and they were filmed singing that uh, awful chant. It certainly reinforces the stereotype that that could be happening, and that kind of aligns with what you were getting at before. But then we look at even more evidence, the various testimonials that were in the Chanel Contos teacher's consent petition. Boys from private schools were getting absolutely slammed by the girls and saying they just don't get it. Mm. So the argument basically is in a boys' school, not so much in a girls' school, but in a boys' school it could be argued that an absence of relationships leads to emotional maturity and insecurity when those boys eventually have partners but the evidence doesn't support this at an aggregate level only at an individual level with one-on-one case study sort of thing so i found some longitudinal research from england showed no statistical difference between same-sex and co-ed schools for relationship outcomes like marriage and age of childbearing and relationship quality men from all boys schools were just slightly more likely to be divorced by the age of 42 but there was no statistical difference in terms of the amount of household labor that was being done but that stereotype persists that those boys have a prime minister leadership mentality like they believe that being in charge is their right here's something really telling though when i was looking at the trends in australia on coed and Uh, single-sex schools, there are more and more single-sex schools that have chosen to move to co-ed in recent years. 
So it's happening right now with a very, very prominent school in Sydney. A couple of years ago, another very prominent school in Sydney did it. But when you look at who's opening their gates to the other gender, it's really revealing. The overwhelming majority have been boys' schools that are offering places to girls. And and I might just say very sensitively, anecdotally, I've heard horror stories as girls have attempted to transition into that previously all-male environment. I can imagine. But a girl, <laughs> a girl's school's choosing to bring in boys just doesn't happen. So we're out of time. What would I do for my kid? How do we make this choice for our child if we're looking at schools and trying to choose between co-ed and single sex? The first thing that I would say is with all the work that I do in all the schools that I work in, I am genuinely, authentically, consistently amazed at the quality of the staff and the outstanding outcomes that single-sex schools achieve for their students. They are exceptional and exemplary in almost every case. I'm always stunned by it. And the ability that the teachers have to approach a single gender really well, I really think that it's brilliant. And students seem to work really well without the opposite uh, gender being present, which makes it sound like I'm going to say I'm all for single-sex schools. Well, it's interesting because, yes, I would think that that's what you're going to say. But (laughs) for us, it's actually never been a consideration because I actually don't think that it is the most important factor in choosing a school. I don't either. And that's why we're making the decisions that we are making. What matters to me and and to you, because we've had these conversations, is not the gender mix, but... It's the culture of the school. Culture of the school. It's what they do there. It's how they teach children. It's what their philosophy is. It's whether the students are happy to be there, whether the kids feel a sense of belonging and acceptance and connection and whether they're engaged and progressing and what the staff do when a student's struggling. You're saying this and literally my eyes are tearing up because I remember our kids moving to a school for the first on, on day one and one of our children who had literally in the first three years of her life been invited to two birthday parties. Yeah. Arriving that day. First three is her school life. Yes. Yeah. And having pretty much the entire cohort, that year's cohort, waiting at the top of the stairs for her to walk through the gate. Right. The culture of that school was so inclusive and and our girls experienced just complete and utter welcome, love and um, acceptance Thank from, you. from day one. Thank you, Cedars in Wollongong. So here's, here's my take on it. If a school checks all the boxes, whether it's co-ed or single sex, shouldn't matter at all. And if the school doesn't check all the boxes, co-ed or single sex doesn't matter at all. We hope this has been a helpful podcast for those of you who are struggling with the choice. Maybe it's less of a challenge now. The Happy Families podcast is produced by Justin Rulon from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. If you're looking for more information about how you can make your family happier or go on a quest to help your family flourish, please check out our Happy Families membership. It's called The Quest, and you can find all the info at happyfamilies.com.au. Tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to find out which group of people top the list of child sex abusers. It's one not to miss. The Happy Families podcast is back tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.